Hey, Seth, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to hear, uh, great to hear you guys. Great to meet you guys. We got We're on this side. What's up? Wanted to start off first by asking a couple questions about how you got started in the voice interface, because today you're running a company, Voiceiety, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so what, what was it that made you first get interested in voice technology? Why did, why did that interest you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, real quick, uh, just so I can distinguish between, we have, we have two Pats, right? Well, we do, but this is only Patrick Sweetman. Okay, awesome. So Patrick Sweetman. Okay, awesome. All right, I just want to get the name straight that way for the conversation. Yeah, so um, I originally got interested in voice probably February of this year, but it kind of came a lot from uh, hearing. You could kind of see it happening within the data. Like you, like you saw with the recent 2017, 2016 record sales of uh, Alexa, the Alexa Dot, those type of thing. And you saw that it was kind of like building up to that point. And so I followed Gary V quite a bit during that time. And he was talking a lot about voice, about flash briefings. And that was like, especially intriguing to me. And so I guess probably flash briefings are what initially piqued my interest, especially as I started to listen to more podcasts. And uh, that's how I kind of started my initial interest into voice. One of the things I've been surprised about is the number of people I've seen recently who have gotten into voice because of that single man. Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk seems to have the biggest of impacts on the voice sphere. And it's blown my mind. Half of me wants to think, do a double take and be like, wait, I also was kind of convinced to go into voice because of Gary Vaynerchuk. And yeah. everybody else is, huh, is this, is this made up? Is this just a bubble that Gary created? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, love him or hate him. Um, I think that, I mean, he was obviously really right about this one. Uh, I listened to his flash briefing quite a bit. Uh, it's just right on there. And once you have a flash briefing enabled, most people aren't going to really go out of their way to remove it. And, um, man, it's, it's a really, I think it was really right on this point. Uh, I, I don't know what he was looking at the data from his perspective, uh, running the agency that he does, but you know, I think I think he I don't think it's a bubble. Um, I think it really is here to stay. Uh, and, and judging off the base of your guys's company and and also what I'm doing here and everything, we're obviously both big believers in that as well. But I think the data clearly points that there's definitely it's definitely outside of just a trend. It's it's definitely something that's becoming ingrained in people's everyday lives. So, from what we've gathered, what I've gathered through our conversation, Seth, yeah, Voiceiety is a website that people submit their skills. You have 200, about 250 skills, probably more from mm -hmm. 150 creators and yeah. they are rated and you have rankings. And what else are you guys doing over there? Cause that was just a very brief description. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually been experienced a little bit more growth ever since I, I talked to RJ. We've it probably increased to about you know, 240 at this point to 440 accounts. Great. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, but you know, when I first started it, I kind of had this idea that it was going to be like this product hunt of voice. But obviously, um, as you kind of follow the market and the people that are signing up, I saw there was obviously very developer and creator focused. So I said, hey, why don't I kind of pivot more into 
content educational and try to kind of create this community of developers sharing strategies for what works for them and what doesn't work for them, but also give exposure for the products that they're creating at the same time. And so I think right now, um, you know, I was just talking to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, uh, Carl Robinson. He has a uh, voice tech podcast, kind of in the same range, more, more AI focused. Uh, but I was just talking to him about content just yesterday. And um, I think we'd like to kind of pivot more into an educational content and kind of building a community around these creators. Um, and if I can think of a good way, a better way than I'm doing right now to also do a, a B to C type of play, then um, I'll look to that too. But I think a lot of creators are looking for hard data on what works and what isn't working and up-to-date information on how they can improve the UX and UI. I think one of the most interesting things about voice is that a lot of the people, because of invocable, well, formerly storyline, and Storyflow, Bot Talk, and all of these drag and drop esque type of creators, you see a lot of people that are very um, non technical in the sense they don't come from a full stack development experience like I would or like you guys would. And so they need that technical knowledge that could be explained at a base level that they can implement into their apps as well. And so I kind of want to kind of step in that place and be a resource for them as well. What did you say Storyline was called before it was called Storyline? Oh, oh, I meant to say Invocable, formerly called Storyline. The name to Invocable. Oh, they just changed it. Wow. They okay. have about 700,000 uh, in financing from Adam Draper. He's a VC. Um, and so I have been uh, looking into him the last couple of days. Storyflow has about 500,000 in funding. Did you just read that article on VoiceBot AI? Uh. So I, I follow, I'm, a, I'm part of basically every single voice community that you can possibly name on, on Facebook. So, so what are your, what are your top three voice communities? Uh, okay. So if I was to say, okay, top three, still voice entrepreneur with Ben Smith. If you're not in it, you should be. Um, ben Smith is uh, a friend. We've talked on the podcast before. Actually, if you go back on my YouTube, you can see I had the series called the founder series. I talked with him about an hour or so about voice entrepreneurship and whatnot. And he's doing some great stuff over there. So if you want something that's very business entrepreneurship focused, definitely Ben Smith. And, you know, I would say storyline uh, as of two weeks ago, three weeks ago would have been in my top three. It's shifting right now because a lot of people are leaving because invocable is basically a, a pro market now. Uh, obviously they're moving where the money is. So that's a smart move. Yeah. Um, but some people are kind of upset about that. So what I've seen my up and come rising community is probably voice flow. I think they're based out of Canada. I could be wrong. Um, but they are their Their editor is, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Their dragon drop is so nice. It works pretty well. Um, the, the founders look like they're putting out some good content. They're pretty active in the community there. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Yeah, they've actually have a lot of complicated, intense capabilities on their drag and drop. I was playing with that like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So I would say those are my three biggest like Facebook communities. Um, obviously, talking with uh, RJ a little bit earlier, um, I'm also a big fan of Jovo. So I, I, I know that they're not on the 
I don't know if they have a strong Facebook community, but I'm on their Slack. I, I used to be on their Slack. I just started to get back on their Slack now that I've, yeah, I'm kind of getting excited for version two, but um, they're probably my like fourth kind of dark, dark horse community that I would go to. I like Jovo a lot. That's, that's my main area that I play with. I'm, I message Jan a lot, the founder, and yeah. they're, about, they're about to come out with their version two. The, the initial release, the unofficial, was supposed to be tomorrow, but yeah. I don't know if they're still going to be able to um, – I don't know if they're still going to be able to get out on that timeline. I had I no idea just... oh, updated Invocable, and uh, wow, I'm scrolling through right now, and it looks like they really did a major rework of – not just the yeah. site of their entire business model. Yeah, they were actually mad. A lot of the developers were mad because now they're designer focused and they literally are leaving all of the developers hanging dry. But I think that they must have been in communication with VoiceFlow because now all those can, those develop those developers are going to go to VoiceFlow. Pat, well, I just I saw, a- they added like an import feature. So I know um, I believe Botalk did, maybe VoiceFlow did, and a few others. I was talking to one of them recently on LinkedIn, uh, I have to recall that conversation. And a lot of them build an integration so that they could import those skills. So I don't know if they worked with Storyline um, or they just were really nimble and, and were quick on their feet. I wanted to ask Pat, Pat, how did you first learn about Jovo? Oh yeah, this was, uh, I, was I was in Seattle this summer. I was working at Amazon on their IoT yeah. team. And I'm sitting up in the day one building where Jeff Bezos works. I'm sitting up on like the 16th floor looking out at the Space Needle. And at the time, I was doing freelancing on Alexa skills. So I was just doing Alexa skills and Google Actions. And I run into this problem with Firebase. So I'm like, okay, how can I do Firebase with Alexa skills? Yeah. I pick up Firebase and Alexa skill. And I see this video by this dude named Seth. And I start watching it. And he's talking about a Firebase integration with Alexa. And then he starts bringing in this weird thing called Jovo and I'm watching and I'm like, Whoa, what is this Jovo thing? I immediately go and look it up. I had realized that Jovo was like the biggest thing that I hadn't heard about ever and immediately shifted my entire focus onto Jovo. Yeah. Lo and behold, a couple months later, we meet this company called Voiceiety, and the founder is the same dude that introduced <laughs> me Jovo. I was watching one of your videos and I got turned on to Jovo. That was how I got introduced to it. That was how I started learning and understanding about Jovo. I want to say thank you. Thank you for putting out the content you are because without you, Voice First would not be where we are today as a business. Yeah, no, I mean, thanks for for giving me that. I I love putting out that educational content. I think that you and I both kind of share that idea with with citing both Voice First Tech, that it's it's very educational focused uh, in some of the content that we're putting out. And so you know, when I was starting to get interested in voice, I think I want to go back to my Twitter and look at it. It's it's February or March. I came across Ben Smith, a voice entrepreneur. Um, well, now Chance Betting Ventures, he's doing extremely well in that. Um, but because of voice entrepreneur and some of the connections he's making there and with his business, uh, partly because of voice, he's seen his business improve a lot. And that's really exciting to see. He's really a testimony of what voice can do. Uh, to build a community. Look at his Facebook community. It's like 2,000 strong members. But uh, that's a little bit of a tangent. Around that time, I was like, man, I want to develop these these skills, but it'd be really cool if I could develop it for Google Actions and for uh, Lexi as well. So when I was looking around, I discovered the Jobo framework and I started putting out these YouTube videos. And I think I joined the Slack channel 
And then this is back in March, I think, uh, Jan and I got on a phone call and we talked about like the future of, uh, what he wants to see Jovo do with tutorials and the website and whatnot. And then, um, for a few months there, I was away from voice, but then I came back. So yeah, that's just a super interesting connection there. Uh, it was way back in probably what March or so. I, I'd have to look at the videos. Is when I started to become super interested in that. That was released. I I saw the video in July of this year. Yeah, that was when I was looking around and I found it. So have you got to talk to him and his team, uh, the other founder or, or whatnot? I actually haven't gotten to talk to the other founder. I don't know what his name is, but I, yeah, I speak I, with I, John I about. I was tweeting him today on Twitter. Yeah. And yeah, I talked to him recently about, I was working with account linking for Alexi skill and we were just talking about, uh, we were, we were talking about version two a little bit. He mentioned that he said he still had quite a bit of work, but I, I mean, I didn't even know version two was coming out. I've been away from Jovo for a while, but only recently have I kind of jumped full skill back into Lexi development. So why, why, what was the reason for you moving away from voice? Yeah. So, well, I wasn't, so to rephrase, I, I think I wasn't fully away. Um, Fred and I were trying to build a, I guess there's still a use case for it. Um, we were building a product called Audioly, and it was basically going to be a way for you to host your flash briefings. So flash briefing only dedicated like podcast hosting. Um, the reason why is because a lot of people's feeds on their podcasts have like longer form audio and shorter form audio. And so you have to have two separate feeds and some people like to like regurgitate content and reuse content. And so I want to create a platform that can make it super easy to just reuse content, and put it back in your feed. Um, obviously I didn't anticipate exactly how crowded the podcasting space was, especially for flash briefings, how easy it is to integrate with an RSS. Um, and so that kind of like tanked, but I was, I was still focused on, on voice. And out of that, when that idea kind of failed for a few weeks, I was like, Hmm, I'm not really sure what to do. The summer's wrapping up. Uh, and so around like the second week of August tail end of the first week of August, I like came up with the idea for voice society and then just like build it a basic MVP in a weekend and then launched it. Interesting. And what's been the biggest takeaway you've had from voice society so far, the benefits that it's either providing with creating the community or insights you've been able to see what, after creating this company of voice society, what have been the lessons that you've been able to learn from running it? Yeah. So voice society, I would say the biggest takeaways is that community is extremely hard to build. And I've been <laughs> pretty bad at the game on building community. Um, but I would say that, there is a lot of skills because of incentives from Lexi. I know I've talked about this in the past that just really aren't up to quality, but there are like, I don't know, five to 10% of the skills in the store are really high quality. Um, they're doing really great things with their companies or what they are. And they're really exciting. And I kind of want to have voice society be the voice for those specific skills, those high quality skills you know, that are really kind of pushing the boundaries of what you can do with voice. So I would say the biggest thing I discovered is that some people are doing some really unique things with voice that I would never have anticipated. Um, one of them being, if you've heard of Clove Chef, um, 
man, you look at a product like that and the software and, and the machine learning they've implemented on the side and the voice commerce base into that, um, that's an example of a skill that took the voice platform and really ran with it. Spell it. It's a uh, clove like K L O V E space chef. And I believe they got a round of funding not too long ago. I don't know if they're based out of India or if some of their team is, but they, um, they speak around at conferences a lot and they have been growing quite a bit. How did you hear about them? They submitted on, so I saw them, Oh, on one of the Facebook communities and they submitted their skill to Boisidi. And then I talked with the founder, corresponded via email. And I wanted to set up an interview and then I, I never, I think uh, they were busy around that time uh, with some integrations and whatnot. And so uh-huh. I'd like to get back in contact with them. But they, yeah, probably through a Facebook community. There's, a, there's actually a pretty strong... Uh, if you're looking for people ages 30 plus that are interested in voice, you got to hit up Facebook. So last night I, we had this business guy over and he wanted to hear about voice first and he wanted to kind of get a read on what we were doing. He wanted to see if he could add any value to our company. One of the questions he asked is what are the big businesses that are interacting on voice right now that have been mm-hmm. successful? Like who has found success by bringing their business to the voice interface? When yeah. he asked that question, the only place that my mind really went was to music streamers, Spotify. Because mm-hmm. outside of that, I personally have not, maybe it's just because I'm not communicating enough, I haven't seen where that where other businesses have been successful so far. I think mm-hmm. the potential is there, but I haven't seen it. So yeah. that, that's what I wanted to ask you. You being very integrated in all the communities, what are have you seen any businesses that have been super successful? Clove Chef, you've just opened my eyes to this one. Clove Chef mm-hmm. looks like someone really been succeeding and they're succeeding by leveraging voice in the kitchen which makes a lot of sense especially with the echo shows so Mm -hmm. any other businesses you've seen find success with voice so i was talking to actually oh it would have been the tuesday right before thanksgiving so that week two weeks ago maybe and i was talking with uh kasha of upside labs and oh uh the other co-founder the name escapes me off to off to find it here in a second and they were talking about the voice commerce.js platform that they created that integrates with what was called view storefront and um i think it's a maybe a magento based uh sales platform you can build into your site and whatnot and basically allows you to make purchases via voice but one of the things that they pointed out is that Domino's gets 20 percent of their orders via alexa so think about that. Um, when you're looking at like the play of, of voice in orders, um, the amount of purchases and volume that's coming through like a Domino's pizza that's seen success in that uh, is so crazy because it's such a simple process to order via voice. On their website, it says that voicecommerce.js is Jovo compatible. Yeah, yeah, they build it with to work with Jovo. That's one of the things that we were talking about. Um, if you guys haven't heard of Upside, or if you, they, they'd be a great people to, to talk to. Um, they're doing a lot of really in-depth case studies that are incredibly interesting. Um, they're working on some really cool ones that, 
you'll definitely want to hear about. Um, some of them I think they're still working on, so they're not they're not too open about talking about it. But uh, there's some really amazing case studies they're doing. Are they doing these on customers that are using their product, or are they doing case studies on industries that are adopting voice? Uh, they're doing both. So obviously the case studies that are very pertinent to a specific company, they keep those private and they've been pretty clear about that. But they do have some selected case studies and in industries where they're making these articles a little bit well known. I'm just checking out their website right now. And they recently, I think, took maybe took down some case studies or restructured it slightly. But they're a great resource for like, they'll just look at an industry and say, what does voice look like in this industry? And they'll just do it. It's insane. Do you see any major industries that are adopting like hotel cleaning? Yeah. House cleaning. I see the pizza thing. 20% of their orders are through Alexa is because yeah. we're replacing Everything ordered over the phone will be Alexa now. Industries that seriously adopting, like on, a, on, an, on an industry level, not just a single business. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, we saw the integration of uh, Lexi into a variety of major hotel chains, mainly being, I believe, Marriott and all the subsidiaries of Marriott, and also at, like hotels at a select few locations. So industry wide. Like you guys just mentioned a second ago, definitely the hospitality industry has a huge play for Lexi. Go look at the reviews of the hotels at those locations, and you're going to see the data there. I believe VoiceBot maybe have has done a little bit of uh, research into that. I have to go back and try to find some of those articles. But people are loving those types of integrations. Um, and I also have seen a couple plays on the educational level. The... Uh, universities. So you think about all the services that a university has. Um, a lot of universities, we've seen a couple already that some of the names really just escaped me right now, but they've built LexiSkills, uh, Google Actions for their universities and enable students, you know, to get all the basic information that we're all looking for. Uh, you know, like what's on the menu at, at the dining commons, wherever you guys eat, or like when is a specific thing open or what are events are on campus? Those are the type of things that we want access to. So I would say the next biggest place outside of hotels would probably be universities in, in adopting these. I think that's a huge market. Because of the amount of, of red tape that both of them has. It's like with a, with a hotel, there's all the issues of privacy and having these devices in people's rooms as well as the hardware costs. In mm -hmm. a university, there's the having to go through all the red tape of, are they publicly funded universities? Do you have the students consent to put these devices in? And how do you, how do you circumnavigate all of the systems that a university has? As you're talking, it, bring, it makes me want to ask a question. Why use Lexi in conversation? Why are you using the term Lexi? Yeah, so uh, the reason I'm, I want to, are you talking about the pronunciation? Yes, yes. Yeah, the, the pronunciation I, I stole from Ben Smith. I'll admit that. Um, and, and for a while I was listening to Ben Smith's flash briefing. I was like, why the heck does he call this thing Lexi? I don't understand why. And that's because, you know, I have, I, I'm in my dorm room right now. Um, you can probably hear the echo off the walls and I have one device sitting on my desk and one device on the other corner of the room. And if I say the actual wake word, then I'm going to wake it up. So whenever I'm in conversation with anyone, 
I try to my best to use the word Lexi as opposed to, you know, so, so when people are listening to a podcast or whatever it is, you're not setting off device. That makes a lot. I was, I didn't it's know like why Voldemort. It, it's like Voldemort. I didn't know why at first you were saying it. And then after you said it a few more times, I was like, Oh wait, this podcast that people are listening to right now, they're probably playing it in their houses right beside, or even out of yeah. the Lexi devices. So to use you know, a, uh, that, that spoof word, lets everybody know what you're talking about, but doesn't set off those devices. That, that's clever. Yeah. So like one of the things that I, I, I used to get so frustrated, I, I'd be working through tutorials online on the Lexi developers YouTube channel or, or whatever it is on Facebook. And rightfully so, they call it by its actual word. But it's setting off my device that is sitting on my desk while I'm trying to learn how to create a skill for Lexi. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, in, in certain cases, you know, you're, you're just calling it as it is. And um, obviously, Lexi is just kind of like this pseudo word. So, you know, I think in, in a lot of my beginning tutorials, I probably referred to it straight up as that name. So, like, as for that, it's not that big of a deal. I just sit on my desk. I just turn it off. But if we're talking about, you know, Lexi in a, in a broad general sense, I usually if try to the best of my ability just to say Lexi and then hope people catch on in, in the future. It just kind of started to become a little more habit now at this, at this point. So what are you thinking about as far as Voiceiety goes? Where do you want to take it now in the next three months? What are some of your goals? Yeah, definitely I'm, I'm full-on focused on the podcast, but I'm seeing a real need because I have all of these developers. It's very developer and creator-focused that I want to create this community, and I want to do it right. Um, ultimately that's, I want to be delivering value. I don't want to just be spamming people with stuff. So, um, ultimately I want to build the community up across the variety of social channels. I'd only recently started doing that probably three to four weeks ago. Um, and also built the podcast and obviously try to get more skill submissions and keep improving features on the site. Um, I recently implemented search and filtering and the top of the month, et cetera. Um, as kind of a good metric for the users on there. So I can talk to those and see who's doing well on the site and, and uh, who needs a little more help on the site and whatnot. Um, but honestly, I'd like to focus a little bit more on the community and what it would look like to build out some type of forum like you would see on an Indie Hackers or some similar community like that. For you, what are you most excited for next when voice is accelerating very rapidly we mm -hmm. see changes coming out all the time recently both google and amazon added on transactions to allow voice commerce to really start to excel we're seeing integrations with the screens when with google releasing the hub so v2. v2 is coming out everything is continuing the exponential curve is getting steeper and stuff's coming out faster looking forward to the next either three to six months at voice what are you interested in? What are you looking out for that you think you're excited for coming onto these platforms? Or what do you think there's a potential of? Multimodal is going to eat the world. And not just multimodal from the sense of the spot versus the echo, right? But also, what is multimodal? Yeah. So multimodal would be not only like uh, you're combining both voice and visual. So a multimodal application voice app would be one that displays cards alongside of displaying audio. So if you have a show, 
it's displaying the audio and the uh, a reassuring card that kind of explains exactly what's being discussed as well. So if you had a sound skill and you're showing, you know, you're playing thunderstorm sounds, you're playing a video, or you are showing a picture of the thunderstorm as it's occurring. Or if you're asking a user a question, a re some reaffirming picture shows up on the screen. But also multimodal applies to cross-platform as well. So there's multimodal in the sense of using Lexi on a show versus a dot versus in your hand with your phone versus Google Actions, which is primarily going to be on mobile and obviously a little bit through Google Home as well. Um, using it in the car versus at home versus at work versus in public. Being able to design experiences that work across multi-modes and communicate information in different ways is going to be critical. And we're seeing a lot of focuses on that uh, in the past month and looking forward to the next six months. Jan brought this up when I was talking to him. I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. The last time I had him on the podcast, I was talking to him about a voice first world. He said, well, at Jovo, we like to think of it as a context first world, thinking of it as when you're, when you're in the office, like what you said, when you're in the car, how do we want it to react differently? When you're yeah. reacting with it on your phone, how do you want it to be different? Thinking of all the different contexts that a person could be interacting with a device in and then creating a unique experience for each of those contexts. And that was like, whoa, that's really smart. So mm -hmm. Seth, thank you for coming on and joining us. Last thing, what, how can people find you and start following the Voiceiety journey, following Seth? What, how, how can people be following this journey and the lessons you're putting out? Yeah, definitely. If you guys want a one-stop shop for all of that, it's just going to be on voiceiety.io. Um, you can always contact me at seth at voiceiety.io if you guys have any questions. But we're also on Instagram a little bit. I want to start building that up. Uh, Twitter is is my bread and butter. That's kind of like where I like to stay and I'm probably most active at. And then I'd also like to see the Facebook community kind of, uh, kind of get there as well. So if you guys are interested in any of those platforms, uh, oh, obviously the Society podcast as well. Um, we're hosted through Anchor, uh, but you can catch all the recent episodes on voiceidio slash podcast or on our Anchor station or on any major podcasting platform, Spotify, uh, iTunes, etc. cetera. Um, so that's where you guys can find me. I'd love to interact with you guys, talk about voice apps, multimodal experiences, and just the future of voice. If you guys have an app, I'd love it if you guys would submit it to voiceidio so i can check it out all right Seth, thank you so much for coming on i think this is one of our best podcast episodes ever hey it's been a blast i, I love this conversation this is some good stuff the first of many all right take it easy yep take it easy guys